0: Hello and assalamualaikum everyone. Welcome back with us to Bora Bora Policy. In this first episode, we will discuss a very important policy for children in Malaysia and its implementation. I am Kairil and this is my partner for this podcast, Shabila. Today we'll be talking about the serious case of child abuse in Malaysia with our special guest Puan Sharifah Yulana Binti Ali Hanapia. She is representing Shah Alam to share her expertise regarding the topic. Hi, welcome Pajaripa Hilana. How are you today? Oh,
1: thank you very much, Veda Hare I'm great, thank you. What about you? How
0: are you doing? Alhamdulillah, I'm doing fine too. Glad to know. So, Pajaripa <laughs> so Hilana, before any further ado, can you briefly introduce a little bit about yourself?
1: Alright, um, I am Sharifa Juliana with is as mentioned by uh, brother Hairil Anwar. All right, you can call me Shayu. Now, let me uh make a very very simple correction. I'm not the expert of this subject actually, but uh you know, I I strongly believe I can talk about it because I have some legal background because I I'm holding LLB. Okay, my bachelor is in in law okay so practicing for about few years uh and then i have a child okay now i'm a lecturer so i believe a strong believe in myself my capacity my credibility to, to talk about this topic but i'm not the expert in such industry uh so i have to be very careful okay so that you know those practitioners especially those advocates uh, those uh you know activists Okay, they're quite sensitive when you when you claim that you are an expert uh, of such child abuse and neglect topic. Yeah, by the hearing and also uh, our listeners, our audience. So I am not the expert, but I can talk about this. I can share my knowledge. I can share my experience, perhaps, and my point of views, so that it can benefit all. Okay, so I I am lecturing in Faculty of Communication and Media Studies, UITM Shalam. So uh, I joined I am uh, in two thousand and nine. Okay, so uh, attached with a uh, program of interpersonal communication. All right. So now currently I live in Shalom with two kids.
0: That was a very good, uh, a brief introduction from uh, Madam Shayu. Thank you very much. So uh,
2: before we dive into the topic. A little bit of information for you guys. According to the State Social Welfare Department also known as JKM, a total of 1,910 cases of child abuse and neglect were recorded in Selangor from March 2020 to March 2021 and the cases have been rising up ever since. Hyperactivity, disability, and financial problems are just some of the everyday issues that have driven parents and caregivers to abuse and neglect children.
1: Hmm,
0: I am so sad to hear that. No child in this world needs to experience any kinds of abuse, either physical, sexual, neglect, and emotional. Also, from what I read in the news, physical abuse cases are always the highest and it is followed by sexual neglect and last but not least emotional it has been reported imagine adding the cases that were not reported it would be obvious that the statistics would be higher than what we are seeing now but i am pleased to inform you that malaysia has a national child protection policy and its plan of action the policy is under the child act 2001 in malaysia that criminals who commit the offenses face a maximum fine of 50000 ringgit or maximum imprisonment of 20 years in addition it may be ordered with a bond of good conduct and performance of community service
2: we as a society can see through the media platforms that child abuse is never ending story aside from the immediate physical injuries a child's reactions to abuse or neglect can have lifelong and even intergenerational impact Childhood, mil- childhood maltreatment can be linked to later physical, psychological and behavioural consequences as well as costs to society as a whole. For example, abuse or neglect may stunt physical developments of the child's brain and lead to psychological problems such as low self-esteem which would later lead to high-risk behaviours such as substance use and cancerisms. Um, A question uh, for point Sharifa Yulina, can you give us the explanations of what is child abuse and neglect, and how does Malaysia define child abuse and neglect?
1: All right, Shabila, you can call me, uh, Madam Shau. Don't oh, all right. <laughs> Yes, I, uh, I cannot disagree more with uh, those facts and figures mentioned by Brother Hiral and Sister uh, Shabila. Yeah yes uh absolutely correct it's a never ending story and even uh according to fmt so one uh from one out of ten children uh, is actually a victim of child abuse and neglect so you could imagine okay we see uh, children every day so we uh, among both ten children one of them is actually a victim you know, of child abuse and neglect uh, it's a matter of whether we realize, whether we know, whether it's reported or not, whether people care about it or not, so that's it, never-ending story, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, answering uh, Shabila's question, okay, what is child abuse and neglect? Uh, now, uh, Malaysian perspective, okay. So according to MyHealth health uh, government dot uh, my, because it's Malaysian perspective, so we better refer to credible source, yeah, okay. So, according to myhelp.gov.my, child abuse uh, can be referred to uh, physical and emotional mistreatment, right, sexual abuse, um, medical abuse, okay, neglect, uh, and negligent treatment of children, okay, as well as uh, to their commercial and also uh, other exploitation. So, from there, uh, Brother and Anwar, Insist Shabila, we could actually extract some types of child abuse. Okay, so the first one, if you allow me, okay, to extract those types of uh child abuse. First okay. one is actually physical, yes, physical abuse. Thank you. Second is emotional abuse, third one is sexual, fourth one is medical abuse. Okay, then fee we have neglect, okay. Uh, six, we have negligent treatment. Okay, and then we go to seven, commercial and also exploitation. Alright, now, uh, the, the child abuse and neglect here can be done intentionally or mistreatment or you call maltreatment. Uh, so, whether with intention or without intention. So, that's basically the uh, definition of child abuse and neglect uh, according a uh, Malaysian perspective.
2: Oh, I see that is a very very great answer. So uh now I, I really understand the true meaning of child abuse and neglect.
0: That is true, Shabila, as Madame Shayou stated, by uh my uh my health government Malaysia, is it Madame Shayu? There are a lot of uh abuse, uh mistreatment towards children, especially physical, sexual, emotional. Emotional and also, this is the first time I've been hearing this uh, medical. So uh, I have never heard about uh, medical abuse towards children. But thank you, Madam Chai for the uh, additional information. And right now, uh, abuse towards children are very worrying. That it is now a concern towards our society.
2: Yeah, it's true. Based on why I read online. In 2010, there is a case of an 18-year-old student who had just returned from decorating the sports house 10 school and she witnessed the incident of a 3-year-old child named Sharif Shafia Humaira Sahari being kicked and trampled on the abdomen for allegedly refusing to wear slippers. The incident happened at the football field and the witness saw the taxi driver, Muhammad Fazli Azri Jamil, who is accused of killing Shafia Humaira, Wearing a football football boot with studs, while committing the act. Unfortunately, the local community could only watch, and they did not dare to approach or try saving the unfortunate child.
0: If I'm not mistaken, he is currently serving an 18 years old of prison sentence by the federal court. It was a very traumatizing and sad case for the family that is affected by the case. My deepest condolences to you guys. From my point of view. The efforts of preventing child abuse are built on family strengths. Through prevention activities such as parent education, home visitation, and parent support groups, many families are able to find the support they need to stay together and care for their children in their homes and communities. This is why parents and communities play important roles, especially in monitoring abusive behavior towards children to ensure that there are no children left involved in this kind of situation. So let's move on to our next question for Madam Chayu. What are the signs or symptoms of child abuse or neglect?
1: All right, referring to this the question, uh, symptoms, okay, of child abuse. How can we identify? How can we determine? What are the red flags, okay, that we need to observe, okay? Now, um, talking about signs and symptoms, okay, uh, we can actually trace signs and symptoms from two types of people is from the victim victim himself or herself and actually from parents or caretaker also okay parents slash guardian slash caretaker so let's go to the uh victims okay victims of child abuse of course there are long lists you know of signs and symptoms but most common ones that we can actually uh, identify we can actually observe uh is changes in behavior of the victims okay when we can uh, see the changes in behavior of the victims who are normally yeah victims normally they are confused they are guilty they are ashamed because they are being uh, abused they're being uh, mistreated okay they're being neglected so they feel they have this kind of mixed emotions that sometimes they cannot actually explain and describe especially. Those young uh, little children who are under 18 years old So we know the definition of child in Malaysia and Mm -hmm. in a lot of countries in the world Okay, so child means under 18 years old So this is not definition by Shayu This is not definition by Hirel and Shabila But this is definition by the law, the provision of law Okay, so child is actually those children under 18 years old So um, when we can see the changes in behavior okay uh, they start to perhaps uh, become more quiet you know they tend to be uh, more aggressive or uh, maybe they become more hostile you no know, hostility uh, maybe they uh, they tend to get angry easily uh, or uh, maybe they uh, change from not active to hyperactive, or from hyperactive to non-active. So it can be vice versa, okay? So those are some examples of changes in behavior. Okay, when when we see, when we could identify the changes in behavior, you you know, in victims, so those are the red flags that we need to be very careful. Right, number two, okay, uh, changes in school performance, academic performance. Okay, if uh, we have those children at home who normally loves to go to school, loves to attend classes, loves to do homework, loves to hang around and mingle or socialize with friends, suddenly change. You know, they don't want to meet their friends. They don't want to go to school. They don't want to present you know, in classes. They don't want to study. So it will make their performance and achievements in academic you know, dropping and deteriorating. So those are changes in academic performance, right? Next, withdrawal from friends or usual activities. Withdrawal, completely withdraw, withdrawing from friends. They don't want to be friended. If they have social media, perhaps they shut down or they, uh, you know, kind of deleted or become inactive. Uh, The usual, usual activities that they always follow, they always do every day. Daily activities every evening, perhaps they withdraw from it. They withdraw from those activities. Yeah? All right. Uh, next uh, symptoms or signs that we can also identify from victims are uh, the arising of these toxic emotions, you know, such as uh, depression, uh, what else? Anxiety, um, perhaps uh, less of suffering. Self- esteem and self-confidence yeah uh unusual fear you know those kind of fear that uh perhaps the family can't uh, can't see where does the fear comes from uh, so all these for uh you know uh, signs and major or common symptoms are from victims right from victims from parents okay actually uh, we could see those parents uh, start to um, how would I say uh, blaming and punishing uh, their children uh, without uh, proper judgments. They start to they call it they call it discipline. They call it discipline, but actually they mills maltreat or mistreat you know, according to uh, their own. Uh, judgment and they start to uh, punish the children in cruel ways in harsh ways. Uh, number two, when they start to ignore you know the health care, the welfare, the well-being, the emotional being, you know of the victims and parents who started to yell, scream, label and call their children with uh, such, you know, uh, inappropriate names They call evil They call, kau ni menyusahkan lah Kau ni anak lah kau ni kenapa tak mati je daripada dulu uh, Those kind of evil labels Evil calls, evil names You know uh, Are some symptoms and signs But not necessarily they are uh, abuse and neglect But they can be symptoms They can be signs uh, So those are some I would say uh, red flags that we should be extra careful we should observe more you know, for both victims and also parents or caretakers
0: Thank you madam Shayu. that was a very good explanation very detailed explanation if I if I may say I can't even fathom the thought of how people can do cruel things to children especially newborns and I can't even think about parents saying, um, evil things towards their children, uh, like uh, Madam Sherry stated, after um, you, after you are a bad son, you are a bad daughter. Uh, that would scar their, 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 their uh, themselves exactly. for life.
1: So they must
0: realize, uh, they must, they must realize that children have feelings as well, even though they are still
1: young.
2: Yeah, I do agree with you, Madam. And I do agree with you, Karim. From my perspective, media awareness towards child abuse cases appears to be rising. The low rate of reporting seems to indicate a party from government and civil society. Only few adults acknowledge and intervene when children are abused, resulting in serious harm and even death. This will increase the cases of child abuse in the future. Okay, so let's continue with our next questions. What should society do if a child is suspected of abuse and neglect?
1: All right. Uh, the roles of members of society. Now, when we talk about members of society, uh, it concerns, okay, it concerns neighbors. It concerns actually the closest one is family members. Okay, family members. Uh, neighbors medical officers or medical practitioners yeah and also of course public at large so the roles of uh, members of society of course when we see we're supposed to um, actually uh the first aid that we can give at that point of moment but how many of us even you both of you mentioned you know what happened to the previous case of uh you know shafia just now right people just look people just observe uh, uh, and nowadays the best people could do is actually recording and make it viral make it trending perhaps okay uploading right posting okay but do we actually give you know the first aid during that point of moment of course normally there's child abuse and neglect happens in a domestic uh, in a family which is very secluded but very private very personal space yeah, so if we see, if we observe as a family member or maybe close relatives or neighbors, yeah, um, what we can do is actually giving advice, okay, to the family. But who are we again? Who are we again for the family members, for the uh, parents who actually abuse or caretaker who actually abuse and neglect the children to listen to us? Okay, we will be actually being sarcastically, uh, you know, kind of. Uh, brainwashed, or they will say, uh, "Mind your own business. Don't be uh, very busybody. Yeah. Right? Don't They're, be so noisy."
0: Uh, or they will mock us. So who? They will mock exactly. us. Exactly.
1: So who are we to actually advise? Right? At least, exactly. So for me, prevention is better than cure. So if you could, you know, assist, uh, uh, helping hand as a first aid at that point of moment, do it. But if you cannot, if you cannot at all do that kind of helping hand or uh, offer helping hand or first aid, as you know, uh, if you saw the the uh, the child or a child is being physically abused, you can see you could see any beating, you know, kind uh, any any hitting. So you have to stop it. So at that point of moment, so if if you, if it's emotionally, what you can do, advice so if those do not work then we go another backup or another uh, alternative which is reporting yeah so report is actually to report to appropriate authority so of course here we have a lot of talian okay uh, belong to uh, the government agency and also ngos okay for example we have under department of social welfare uh, ministry of women family and community development okay we do have a uh, talianor even though that's actually specifically for uh, domestic violence for protection of women but for children also uh, i mean is allowed right number two we can report actually to police okay uh, royal malaysian police department okay to police right and we can also actually report to uh, ngos especially especially those ngos who um fighting and advocating for children rights okay uh, so reporting that's the best or the least i would say we could do uh, as a member of society all right
0: hmm. i do agree with uh, what madam shayu has explained and stated so right now it is estimated that many cases of abuse continue to remain unreported Sexual abuse towards children is still a taboo subject in Malaysia. Reluctance to report abuse cases can be due to several factors, which I read online, including um, stigma, shame, and a culture of silence within communities. Society needs to play an important role in dealing with these cases. Legislative and fo- and policy frameworks have been initiated. To address the problem of abuse, but if society just closes their eyes and is still afraid to speak out on behalf of the children, surely the abusers will not be afraid to perform their abusive behaviours constantly.
2: I agree with you, Carol. I guess I guess they never felt threatened by the law because of their actions. But child abusers, in my opinion, also tend to commit domestic violence. Either publicly or covertly, we can take the latest child sexual abuse case that happened in 2021, whereby an eight years old girl is believed to have been raped and sodomized by her stepfather and uncle at a house in Pasir Putih, Kelantan. The case was later reported to the police by the victims by the victims' 34 years old mother. Based on the initial testimony from the victim's mother, after the incident. The victim's mother took her daughter away from home and asked for help with a non-governmental organisation through Facebook. Kelantan's police chief, Dato' Shafin Ahmad Mahmad Said, police had arrested two men, the victim's 46 years old stepfather and his 39 years old uncle. Urine screening tests resulting in both suspects were found to be positive in, in drugs for methamphetamine. We can see that child abuse are never ending regardless of physical or sexual. It is sad that even though the national child protection policy has been implemented, this country still has abuse cases happening from time to time.
0: I hope society and the government can take these cases as an eye-opener to help the children in need that are abused in this country. So, for my next question, I would like to ask Madam Chaillou. Is it important for parents to check whether the nurseries in Malaysia are safe for their children? Do caretakers need their licenses before working in a nursery?
1: Alright, Brother Harianuar, thank you very much for the question. Welcome, Um Now, uh, one fact that we must bear in mind, yeah, in most cases of child abuse and neglect, uh, actually, uh, are done by someone uh, the child actually know and trust very much. It's actually the people uh, who are actually around their circle, okay. Um, so catech, uh, yeah, catech, Ka- uh, uh, as you mentioned, and Miss Rizal, yeah, uh, is also actually uh, considered as one of uh, the people that uh, the children know and trust very much, especially when parents leave them in the morning. Okay, with the catechists in nurseries, yeah, uh, and uh, when the parents are very busy and for living, uh, go to going to work, you know, uh, attending meetings, uh, and sometimes they check uh, on the children at nurseries. Sometimes they don't. Okay, until the end of the day in the evening, so parents will uh, rush to the nurseries to uh, fetch, yeah, the children uh, to go home. Sometimes they do not even bother to ask what happened in the nurseries. Okay. Unless some of them who are very, very caring, uh, or they just actually hear and listen from the caretakers. What are the updates of the children uh, for the day? Uh, if not, they just say, uh, okay, they just see the, the children being, uh, being as happy as usual because children, they are children. Sometimes they do not to express. They do not know how to express. Sometimes they they are afraid. I mean, afraid. They are. They have this fear uh, to tell. Yeah, because maybe at nurseries they are being warned. They are being threatened by the caretakers. We never know, right? Uh, so if you let's say uh, the caretaker say, "Kalau kau begitu mau kau siap?" Uh, Again, yeah. kalau yeah. so, bersendir- uh, yeah. yeah. yes. Uh, maybe they. Uh, maybe there are also other. Uh, threats or other warnings, but in very psychological, uh, I would say very psychological, very, very, um, uh, positive ways. Maybe the caretakers promise to give something to the children, and at the same time, you know, warning and threatening the kids or the children not to tell the mothers or the the parents is what happened in the nurseries, All right? So, uh, well, of course. Uh, if you are very rational parents, yeah, Haimel and Shabila, if you are very rational parents, of course yeah. you need, of course it's a must for you to check, okay, whether the nurseries that you send your children are safe or not. You have to make sure you have to check in advance before okay. you enroll your your kids or your children, you know, to the nursery. That's number mm-hmm. one. Number two, uh, I believe, I believe, of course. To check uh, physically is not our rights. Uh, I mean, daily rights. We can't actually go inspect and investigate ourselves every day, right? So what we can do, okay, uh, alternatively, is you build a very good rapport with one, you know, with one at least uh, staff or teacher, you know, or catechist of that nursery. So when you build a good rapport, you you build a good relationship. You use all this lobbying skill. You use all this interpersonal communication skills. You use whatever uh, management skill I would say, okay, uh, related to CMP, okay, uh, those skills that we can actually apply and practice to tackle and to win one, at least one lah, okay, one caretaker or one staff at that nurseries. Okay, height, So that he or she can be our spy Normally she lah Okay, at nursery Okay, it's so rare to see male uh, To work in nursery But they are, okay So uh, having a spy Having a kind of You know, um, I would say postman Okay, in a in a nursery is actually very, very uh, Crucial for you uh, Because you can have this First-hand information, but it's not easy. It's easier said than done. Uh, You have to make sure you have very good skill in lobbying, in persuading, in convincing that person to be uh, a partner of your crime. Partner, okay? Uh, It's your PIC. Partner in crime. Sorry, ma'am. Also,
0: uh, you need to have uh, money. (laughs)
1: Uh, Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you have. Incentive for that person uh, but but again not to so-called uh, bribery is actually a, a pay a salary get a pocket money yeah uh, macam uh, we, we hire him or her as our agent uh, all right right answering whether like the caretakers need license okay before uh, they work in a nursery or not so far Malaysian policy it's not compulsory for the caretaker to have license, no such thing. But the license is actually for the nurseries operator. But for the caretaker, it's compulsory for them to attend a training and at least to possess a certificate. Okay, in you know, caregiving, uh, child care taking, or at least now they call it montasserie or child care education, uh, those kind of things. Yeah? I know also Shadila, over to you. Oh.
0: Thank you, madam. Of all my twenty-two years of living, I didn't even know that you need that caretakers need to have a uh, uh, training and also they need certificates to work in a nursery. I thought that you can just anybody can just apply for the job without having any qualifications as long as you are good in at handling children.
2: That was a very good sharing by Madam Shau. Yes, Kareem. Caretakers need to have their certificates to ensure that they are qualified to work in nurseries. But there are a lot of nurseries that do not care to check their caretakers' background and qualifications leading to offer these caretakers working illegally. Hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you, Shabila,
0: for the information. I truly appreciate it. So uh Madam Shahikh, this is our last and final question. So, um what is your opinion? ...towards the implementation of child abuse policy in Malaysia. Is it effective?
1: Right, talking about uh, child abuse policy in Malaysia... Uh, ...if we are referring to the laws mentioned by both of you earlier... yeah, um, ...I would say... Uh, ...some of them are effective... Uh, ...some of them are not effective, ineffective. Okay, there's uh, a lot of reasons... Uh, ...and mostly... Uh, The main reason why I said it is uh, ineffective or not effective uh, because of the um, weak uh, or lacking of uh, real enforcement. So to enforce the law, to enforce the policy, uh, it's not easy. But the laws are there. Okay, you mentioned about Child Child Act 2001. Mm -hmm. Yes, we do have Juvenile Act, we have Child Protection Act, we have... implement and child protection act we have penal code kanun ke saan. we have a lot of laws in malaysia It's the matter of uh, whether we um, um enforces you know could implement whether the enforces could execute whether the enforces can uh, and afford to enforce the laws um, but we do hear, we do hear a lot of cases whereby uh, the perpetrators, you know, the culprits, the criminals, are being uh, punished, being penalized, being imprisoned, being fined. There are cases, there are cases. But we need more. We need more. Okay. So talking about um, the uh, implementation of child abuse policy in Malaysia. I refer to one article by uh, uh, Madam Yusnani Yusof. So I love to read her perspective in talking about uh, the child abuse policy in Malaysia. Okay. Um, now there are a lot of legal measurements when we talk about policy. Okay. Now we are talk, we we go specifically on legal measurements. Okay. Uh, Langkah-langkah undang-undang uh, Saya translate sedikit So that our audience can Easily understand Or clearly understand Yeah uh, Hairin and also Shabilaw Right So there are legal measurements To prevent child abuse uh, Cases to happen uh, To recur To happen and happen again And to protect uh, The victim So there are a few uh, The first one is Restrictions on media Reporting and publications Because we belong to faculty of communication and media studies. Okay, we are mass commerce. So this is very much related and close to us. So all journalists, all media practitioners who like to report, who like to write on child abuse cases, okay, need to adhere, need to um, obey this law whereby they cannot reveal the names the address the particular details the pictures the location all uh, details and identifications that can lead you know, the audience to identify the victims especially so uh, we cannot also publish in newspapers or magazines okay and uh, transmitted or broadcast all these uh, victims particulars okay including photos and videos actually okay in any television in any digital and social media platforms but nowadays because we do have you know uh, keyboard warriors we do have netizen journalists who are very very much faster than, than our journalists our professional journalists so they tend to Share everything. They do not bother whether oh that video contains uh, the victim's body. Oh, nampak suadah lama kita. Oh, nampak dara belum muren kita. We could see the spotted of blood. We could see the underwear. We could see how bad is the physical abuse. We could see how the kids uh, are being locked. So yesterday or so two days back, okay, there is one kid being locked in Beijing, China, where. So poor, very pathetic. Where the parent, uh, the mother, couldn't afford, you know, to pay for the uh, nursery or caretaking. So the mother locked, okay, the child uh, in the room, okay, in a in a cage, I would say, uh, a metal cage, okay. And I think we do have also, we did have some cases, uh, you know, uh, quite similar here in Malaysia. Yeah, if we refer to some cases previously. Yeah. Right. So that's number one. So remember, remember as journalists, as media practitioners, okay, we can't actually reveal all those details uh, of the victims, all right? Number two, temporary custody. So uh, going back to the question of the role of members of society, just now, if we could, if we successfully lodge a complaint or record, uh, or report, okay, to the appropriate authority, so the authority should actually. Uh, provide temporary custody to the victims uh, okay Tem- temporary custody so that the victims feel uh, safer more protected uh, because they are uh, far away from the you know from the uh, perpetrators from the family who maybe actually abuse and neglect the kids I would like to add on here yeah? hi and Shabila now, when uh, a child is brought to see a doctor, medical practitioner or medical officer, yeah. So doctors inspect, doctors examine, doctors check. So doctors can see. color kind of, physical abuse, if physical abuse, you could see the bruises, you could see injuries, you could see a lot of you know those harm and hurt uh, being um, you know uh, being done, being harmed on the bodies of the children. Now. According to Section 27 of Child Act 2001, if a medical practitioner, a doctor, okay, a doctor, uh, easily to, to understand, fails to report to the authority, so that doctor can be penalized, can be found guilty, which the punishment can go up to 5,000 fine and also not more than two years imprisonment. Can we imagine that? Doctors. Oh my god. Ah. Yes, okay. Now, uh, in fact, there is more interesting. There is more interesting uh, provision of law, okay, whereby section 28 and 29 of SIM uh, Act, Child Act uh, 2001, Yeah. okay, members of family, members of family, okay, including guardians, okay, if they know that the child is being uh abused or being neglected uh especially by other people from that family for example caretakers uh, at nursery okay so they fail to report also to the local authority so those members of family or guardians can be also being charged okay and if they are found guilty okay they will also be penalized with same uh, amount of fine five thousand okay uh, that's the maximum and imprisonment not more than two years or so. Mm-hmm. okay for section 29 of child act 2001 if character katalah you receive a child in the morning so you play you conduct activities with the child and suddenly you 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 being uh, i mean you receive this complaint from the child teacher teacher uh so sakit dah dekat sini. So, let's say the child pointed at the private pipe. You know? Let's say, uh, for example, yeah, uh, Ahireen and also Shabila, because mm-hmm. uh, the the child feels uh, insecure at home. Okay, The feels feels so afraid at home. So, she won't, or she lah normally, she won't actually tell uh, the family. So, she tells the teacher at nursery, uh, at the kindergarten. Uh, because the th- Trust. Okay, the child trusts the teacher, so she 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 said perhaps okay. And the caregiver okay is actually responsible to bring that child to see a doctor. Okay, let's say the, the doctor has examined and inspected and confirmed, confirmed and verified. Okay, this is actually abuse. This is actually sexual abuse, or perhaps this is actually physical abuse. Okay right so at the private part so the caretaker now is in the know that the child is being abused so if the caretaker you know chooses to keep quiet and not to report to the local authority so the caretaker also can be charged under child act 2001 yes and uh, he or he is found guilty so she also can be penalized uh up to five thousand fine, and also not more than two years imprisonment so that's it okay for the legal measurement now uh, uh, can i uh, add on some more points uh yeah. hi, yes. Villa? Yes, Villa. Yes. okay now talking yes talking about the effectiveness of uh, child abuse policy here okay uh, we do believe the uh, department of social welfare ministry of women uh, family and community development have uh, actually uh, organized a lot of uh, campaigns, a lot of advocacies, yeah? a lot of actually uh, programs and incentives to make sure uh, the laws are being understood by Malaysians, being understood by rakyat, okay? Uh, and especially parents, guardians and caretakers so that we Take care of the uh, we take care of the uh, well being okay of the uh, of the kids, um, but again uh, it's not enough. So uh, I do believe uh, all these uh, NGOs okay and also government agencies, especially the ministry, they need to uh, you know uh, be united together. Uh, ...in organising more uh, awareness campaigns, especially to make our yet to understand, you know, uh, the importance of enforcing the law... ...and also the importance of um, carrying carrying out your duty and roles to report. Bukan hanya berdiam diri, but your, your responsibilities to report as we discussed earlier... Is very, very paramount and crucial so that uh, all children in our countries uh, will be uh, well protected. Okay, and uh, last but not least, last but not least, to ensure the the efficiency and the effectiveness of the policy. So all of us, Hiral, Shabila, me, all guardians, all parents out there, all sisters, all brothers, all uncles, aunties, Grandfathers, grandmothers, caretakers, teachers, all of us, we do have responsibilities, we do have obligations, we do have duties, you know, to take care of our children because they are our future. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much, Madam Shayu, for the explanation. Uh, I completely agree with what Madam Shayu mentioned. Uh, The society needs to be aware and acknowledge Uh, especially those hearing this podcast, about these child abuse cases. Child abuse is not something that people can take lightly as it is occurring every day in our country with or without our knowing. As Gloria Jean Watkins, also known as Bell Hooks, quoted that, there is no life to be found in violence. Every act of violence brings us closer to death. Whether it is the mundane violence we do to our bodies by overeating toxic food or drink, or the extreme violence of child abuse, domestic warfare, life-threatening poverty, addiction, or state terrorism,
2: I am also agreeing with what uh, Madam Shahi said. To add, these child abuses need to know that we, as a society, won't be overlooked. Most of the younger generation now. Have the courage to speak up about everything, especially if they are being abused physically, sexually, and mentally. The media also take part in giving a large coverage of awareness towards child abuse, and it circulates within the society very well. In the future, our children will be free from child abuses, and we can live happily ever after.
0: I think that concludes our discussion for today. Thank you, Madam Shayu, for your time in sharing your knowledge and expertise regarding child abuse. We truly appreciate your willingness to collaborate with us in spreading awareness about child abuse in our country, and we hope to see you again.
2: Welcome. You are most welcome. Most welcome, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> So, uh, to all of our listeners, thank you for listening to Borak Borak Policy. Don't forget to follow our Instagram at @michamcmp. And you can also listen to our next episode to gain more insight about our content. Have a good day, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Take a
1: good care of yourselves. <laughs>